because what you, the unsung heroes in the wastewater industry do, matters. Every Wednesday, join me, Suzanne Chin Taylor, the Doo Doo Diva, a longtime veteran of the wastewater, transless, and civil infrastructure industry, as I interview guests who are making an impact on how we manage and operate systems for conveying and treating wastewater. I'll also be speaking with representatives of organizations that are utilizing disruptive or new technologies and executives who are going to share how to be successful and sustainable in our vital industry. So whether you want to learn about the latest trends in technology in treatment or trenchless, gain tips on training and retaining great talent, or simply how to be more efficient, productive, or profitable, this podcast is for you. Well, hello, and thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Doo Doo Divas Smells Like Money podcast. This is part two of our series with Jim Onderwood, author, industry veteran, keynote speaker, and president and CEO of Promidian Technologies. Jim has been a longtime veteran in the industry, and today we're going to be talking about job costing and how to use this very simple tool to make sure that you are making a profit every day on every job throughout the year. And so welcome back to the show, Jim. So glad to have you and the ability to continue with this very, very timely subject. Thank you, Suzanne. Now we talk about profits and we talked about it on last episode that it's, some people view it as a dirty word, but it's really not. And the reason that we are in business is obviously to make a profit. We're not there to do busy work. We want profitable work. And so one of the ways that we can ensure that we're getting profitable work is to use a handy tool called a job costing template. Now, there are some very expensive ones out there in the workplace, and you can you know, download, download them online, but there are simplified versions, which we're going to talk about today, that are very, very effective for all types of businesses. But for purposes of the exercise we're going to go through today, we'll be focusing more on service businesses and contractors. But again, the principles hold for whatever business you're in into incorporate some type of job costing analysis and exercise worksheet into your business to make sure that you know how much it's actually costing you to do business. And so with that said, Jim, if you can explain job costing in a nutshell, maybe talk about how you used it in your business to make sure that you were bidding and estimating job costs correctly so that you weren't losing money. And then we'll, we'll do a little bit deeper dive after that. Sure. Well, the big thing is, and I often talk about, is the reactive person and the proactive person. And so when we are operating our business reactively, we're just shooting from the hip. We really don't know whether we're making a profit or not. We see the crews going out and work all day. And man, I hope they did well today. Well, look at they made, you know, $2,500. Well, great. But did you really make $2,500 or did you lose money? If you don't know that answer, then you need to find out. And so for me, I had an experience in my professional life to where I had a project, a contract that was bleeding me dry and I didn't realize it. So day after day, week after week, I had crews going out and they were doing this work. It appeared to be profitable, 
it was a long-term project, so it was attractive from that standpoint, but I reached a point to where I realized that I was losing money on it. And you know what? If I would have let this keep going, it would have put me out of business. And so that's the point to where job costing became the focus. And that was really what helped me recover. And so what job costing, we can get into it. Job costing can be very complicated. Okay, there are extremely uh, expensive programs, very involved programs. Uh, the plumbing industry industry has job costing that deals with the day-to-day, the scheduling, which is wonderful. But what I'm kind of talking today about is just your basic contractor who has crews going out. And so this doesn't have to be a real expensive uh, investment. To me, the main thing in job costing is knowing, did we make money? Period. I can assure you at the end of the day, when you know that you made money, you're going to sleep a lot better. So the basics are to know in job costing what your cost of business is. You need to be able to figure out what it costs you per hour to send out a crew. Now, keep in mind, as you learn to do job costing, as you implement it, it's going to be a wonderful tool to help you in bidding because now you're going to know exactly what it costs you to roll and you're going to be able to know exactly what you need to make per hour per day uh, or week or whatever in order to be profitable. Now, how long it takes is going to be your expertise, which you should be an expert to know how many how much time it's going to take to complete the job. But in job costing, we need to know what our basics are, what our cost of business is for our fixed costs, variable costs, all that stuff. We need to get it down to a science. Now, am I talking about exact? You know what? I would rather somebody do a job costing program that's just so-so than, than someone not doing it at all. And so with job costing, when we can break down our cost of business and what it costs us to roll a crew, then it's simple. Then it's basically what did my crew, what was this, what did I pay my crews? Right? What was, what, what was the payroll for that day? Uh, what did I bid that job for? How many hours did that job take? And that's going to tell me right there whether I was profitable or not. Or not. Now, I always try to encourage people to try to shoot for a minimum of a 30% profit margin. If you can get more than that, more power to you. But the thing about a job costing is that uh, if you start seeing these numbers, and really as an owner, you say, hey, you know, it takes too much time. No, it doesn't. You're talking about 10 minutes a day, half an hour at the, at the most. If it takes you a half an hour to make sure you're profitable a day, isn't that worth it? And I really encourage business owners to do that because there's so much knowledge that comes through that. So when you're doing, say, a very simple, the one I use was on an Excel spreadsheet, and I believe that it's available for download. Is that correct? Uh, yes, you made, Jim was gracious enough to give us his template, and we have uploaded it onto the toitgroup.com, and it can be downloaded for free in the bookstore area of the site. It's a very basic one that obviously wouldn't be sufficient, but it gives a basis to be able to create one in Excel. And Excel is a great, great program. And so if you're able, at the end of the day, your crews are rolling back and all you're asking, okay, how many hours did it take? You already know what you bid it. You're just plugging in those numbers and it's giving you a result right there. And it's telling you what your profit was. Now, here's the beauty of it. If we don't know this, and we find out a month, two months, three down the road, three months down the road, that we lost money on this project. 
What can we do about it? Nothing. It's three months ago. You may go back to your employees and say, hey, uh, what happened on this? You know, there's a, uh, a month and a half ago, you know, that day. I, I don't remember. I, 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 I think the beauty of this and doing this exercise on a daily basis as a business owner, just a simple template, just enough to where you can see, OK, this is my cost. This is my 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 uh, my payroll. Uh, these are my, my, my material costs for the day. And this is how long it took. And this is how long I charge. That's it. You're, you're getting a result and showing you your, what your profitability is. So what, what are the benefits to it? Yes, making sure, assuring you that you're making a profit. But if you're not, you're catching it. Then you can make adjustments, right? Maybe you underbid it. At that point, you're looking and going, you know, hey, I don't know about this project. You know, maybe I wasn't given all the information correctly. Uh, there's there's information. I, I need to I need to stop the pro, the pro, project right now. Go renegotiate. Or maybe it's methodology. You know, maybe you need to adjust your methodology. Maybe you need more people, less people, you know, on it, uh, different uh, uh, technology on it. But whatever the case might be, you can make adjustments immediately to make sure that you don't keep losing money for the rest of the project, the rest of the week, or the rest of the month. The other thing that gives you a big benefit, it's a wonderful training tool. So it's also part of accountability. You know, employees, if they're not... We're not keeping an eye on them. You know, they're going to milk the clock. I'm sorry, even your best people, you know, you, you, you allow, what's it, keep honest people honest. Uh, you allow for things to happen, they're going to happen. People say, well, I'm looking, you know, I'm going to round up my numbers. I'm going to milk an hour, you know. But when you're looking at a project on a daily basis, at the end of the day, and you're going, okay, hey, there's something wrong here. Obviously, you've been in the field because you know what goes on in the field, so they can't pull the wool over your eyes. And so say that uh, it took longer than you thought. You call them up, say, hey, what happened? You know, this took an hour longer than I thought. Well, this, this happened, that happened. So you find out if, if it's, you can make that correction right away. Number two is it keeps the employees realizing that they're being held accountable, that at the end of the day, they need to uh, tell you what their production was. You know that that whether it's if it's a work by the foot, by the by the piece, whatever the case might be, that they met the goals for that. Uh, you know that they're staying on a timetable to get it done. All, all those types of things. They're being held accountable because they know at the end of the day, the boss or even the general manager is going to call and say, "Hey, what happened? How come we didn't accomplish this?" So you can nip those things in the bud. It's also a training tool that you're able to discuss with them. Okay, well, we have this problem, this stuff. Okay, so when that happens again, this is what you do. You know, you, you call somebody, you, you, uh, you know, you, you call me, or this is how you handle it. And so what it's doing is it, it, it's really fine tuning your operations through accountability. And it's also giving you the assurance that you're making a profit and it's giving you the tools to be able to make adjustments to make sure that those profits are happening. Well, you were saying about you know know what it knowing what it's really costing you, so that at the end, if you get a project that's similar in scope, what you think it's going to cost and what it actually cost you to produce, it I, I imagine for future bidding, it helped you on those Absolutely. ones that went a little south. Okay. All Absolutely. Right. And so and so this is all experience. This is knowledge. I mean, the more knowledge we have, the better we're going to be at our jobs. You know, going back to the beginning of our first podcast is, is that if we don't have knowledge, if we're ignoring the finances 
If we think that we're going to be successful without keeping an eye on the finances, it's not going to happen. Folks, that's your money. If you're not keeping an eye on it, no one else's. You know, it reminds me of this, 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 uh, this friend of mine that had a sales business and they were out selling and everything. And they had a woman working for, for, for them for 25 years. Well, she started embezzling money. They had no idea because they weren't even looking. All of a sudden they're going like, well, where's all the money going? So they found out that she was embezzling. She got arrested. She had to you know, pay them back. I don't know if she ever did the whole amount. So they hired somebody else. And guess what? She did the same thing. And so they didn't learn from the first time. And so it's our money. We need to keep a close eye on it and make sure that it's being spent correctly. So when you're thinking about your, you know, your financials, you know, like the, the P&L and uh, against the job costing, how do those two correlate to each other? Where are spots that you found as a business owner between the job costing sheet and then looking at your P&L where it alerted you, like spots to be really highly attuned to that could pinpoint something may be going very right or something could be going very wrong? Well, you know, it, I'm, job costing, unless you have a very sophisticated program and, and process really ties in with P&Ls. I mean, I think QuickBooks has a process. I mean, you can look at that. But I'm talking about just basics here, basic information. Okay. So I'm not necessarily looking at the same level of information on a job costing where it's down to the brass tacks as a PL. A PL is going to give you a lot of information about the last month, compare it to the previous month or the previous quarter to the previous year. And so there's a lot of comparative analysis. Uh, you know, there are ratios that show you where your trajectory is. And really, I mean, unless you really learn how to read a PL, it's not going to mean a hill of beans to you. And so, yes, there's good information in there, it shows you trajectories. You know, especially if you're dealing with seasonal and your business is pretty much uh, predictable, uh, then you're going to see those trends. It's, it's very, very valuable, but only if you learn and spend the time to learn how to use it. And so I kind of look at uh, uh, a PL is, is is what happened before, you know, a month ago. You're, you're working behind. I think somebody said it's like, uh, you know, driving a car through the rearview mirror. Um, you know, there's not, nothing you can correct other than the future from it. But with a with a, a job costing program, you're able to make corrections immediately so that today, okay, today was a disaster. There were some bad things happening, but you know what? We're gonna correct them right now. And we're not gonna, the remainder of the week is not going to be a disaster. We're gonna make the corrections right now. We're gonna make decisions. You know, for example, that project that I was on that was losing money. You know, if I would have had a job costing program operating then, I would maybe look for a day or two, go, you know what? I'm either gonna, default on this contract, or I'm going to go back to the to the the, 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 the owner, and I'm going to say, you know what, this is not what you said it was going to be, you know, whatever. And so the thing is to stop, you know, because it's better to not work. Because when you're not working, you're not losing a lot of money. Well, sure, there's still costs, but I'm saying rather than sending people out just to, to, to lose money. And so I just think what we're talking about right now, right now is awareness. I know it sounds complicated. It's really not. Business is not complicated. Uh, and finances are not that complicated if you look at the fact that it just comes down to making a profit every hour, every day, every month, and every year. That's bottom line. Yep. Absolutely. So um, I was just looking at some things because I was, you know, looking looking through your 
looking through your book and uh, of questions that that really hit me is that the value in training and that a lot of people see that as strictly an expense, but you didn't see it that way. You saw it as something that could actually save you money and maybe even make you money. And you know, so what was your take on that? And, you know, you, you talked about it was, it, was a, it was a good investment and something that should be considered. No doubt about it. I mean, I, I could literally, and I, I probably will one of these days write a book about it. Training <laughs> is, is so, there's so much to talk about in regard, regard to training. Um, it's your reputation in the field ultimately that is affected by your training. It is affects your finances, you know, good training or lack of training uh, affects your production. Uh, training affects the interaction with the customer or the relationship. There's so many areas in which training comes into play. And um, it's an expense. And it is an expense, no doubt about it, that needs to be factored in. You know, like one, one of the big mistakes that, that people make, an owner, for example, is he'll have his first employee, he'll train him, the guy's pretty good at it. And he'll then have him train the next person and that person train the next person. It's, it's the game of telephone. So by the time you get down, you know, three or four people deep, all of a sudden what you've taught is completely different. You go out in the field, you see one of your employees working, you go, where the heck did you learn that? Well, that's what Mo taught me, you know? And so that's kind of uh, one of the mistakes I think that a lot of people make. Training um, makes you money. If you look at an expense, it makes you money because it makes your employees better at what they do. And ultimately, if you are able to perform uh, with better methodology, if you're ever able to perform uh, more efficiently uh, and you're able to get a job done quicker, uh, obviously that's gonna make you more money. And so it's just an area you really can't skimp on. Um, and it has to be done by somebody who's absolutely qualified. Um, you know, I know as your business grows, you get busy and it's hard to invest that kind of time into it. But, uh, you know, I would encourage you as much as possible to take the time, especially with new employees, to get them oriented and have a purposeful plan. You know, make sure you have something documented so that you're hitting all the points and making sure that these people know what they're being trained on. And keep in mind also with training, you know, heaven forbid, if there's an accident, um, I had a friend of mine who had a fatality on one of his jobs. And the fact that he showed that that individual had been trained in that area uh, really helped a lot when it came to dealing with, with OSHA. And so we need to train, we need to document, and then we need to come back and reinforce. You can't expect somebody uh, to continue to function at a high level uh, having been trained five years ago. So we need that reinforcement. We need to keep making sure that they are uh, performing adequately. And then as an owner, uh, you need to go out and watch once in a while in the field and see that they're performing their work the way they've been trained. And I think also training goes beyond just the mechanical things that they do in the field too. I, I like to tell people that just remember your crews are out there in the public I, whether you're a plumber or a septic pumper or a, you know, a municipal sewer service contractor like you were, 
that all eyes are on you and their interactions with the public that everyone is a member of your sales and marketing team. Every single person, because it's that perception of how they interact with the public. And very often, what is it, uh, you know, the receptionist is often the least paid person in the entire organization. And I've always felt that should be one of the highest paid positions because that's the first point of contact for most of your customers. And if they aren't doing a good job, you're going to lose them right there. That's, that's your customer service. Because I know, Jim, you prided yourself a lot on training that just went beyond the technical, that you wanted to train your people to be good people in the field, you know, to really take that brand and own it and be a representation of yourself. And so I, I think it does come from the, the top down that is your staff a reflection of how you want the company to be perceived and remembered? And so if you could share a little bit on that and what you did to make sure that people thought of you well, I'd, I'd really like to hear about that. Well, you're absolutely right. It does come from the top down. If you have uh, an owner who's uh, dishonest, you're gonna find dishonesty throughout the whole fabric of the company. And so uh, that's where the example is set. And let's face it, you know, companies are successful that are able to project a positive image. You know, the people, customers, they want to work with that business. Sure, because they're good at it, but they're also have other aspects about it that make a, make, make uh, us attractive to our customer. And we're attractive by doing a good job. We're attractive by our appearance. You know, that, that we have uh, clean trucks, we have uh, clean individuals, uh, you know, well-groomed, which is a little difficult these days, but uh, that's besides the point. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we want to project an image to our customers of being uh, someone they want to deal with and also being perceived as experts in the field because that's where you're going to grow. Uh, people talk. Customers talk, you know, man, that guy's good. That guy's not. And anytime he shows up, it breaks down. Or man, every time I need something done, this guy gets it done. Uh, you know, all those things are, are really important as far as projecting the image that, that, that we have. And you as an owner project an image too. And the things that you do, uh, and I, you know, I won't get off on a bunny trail here, but the image that you're projecting as an expert in the field go a long way. Um, so image is very, very important. And so definitely, you know, take time to look at that. Thank you, Jim, because that's, I'm, I actually am going to have you come back because, you know, one of the subjects that keeps coming up as I'm talking to lots of different guests and people that I interview for the magazines, the number one pain point is finding good people and attracting people to our industry. This is a fantastic industry. There are so many wonderful career opportunities, but enough people aren't hearing about it. And I think a lot of it comes down to the perception of who we are and what we do. And, oh, I don't want my child doing that. Or, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. But there are so many fantastic opportunities. And you really nailed, you know, nailed it there that if we position ourselves and present ourselves out there with a great image, 
we are going to become attractive to that next generation of workers that is going to say, ooh, that looks like fun. I'd like to try that. Or even within corporate culture, someone who works from, for you hears that you're looking for additional people. They're going to feel comfortable telling one of their friends, I work for this great company. You should think about coming in and applying here. And so that's a whole nother subject for another time. I think we can do a really, you were saying you could, you could write a whole book on hiring and training and then the key retaining yeah. good talent. And so, yeah, if you're game for it, I would love to bring you back and have, have a nice discussion on that. Actually, that one might be, that could be a series of three. Well, that, <laughs> that, that could be, just, just to touch real quick on, on, on the hiring part. I hear it all the time as well. I just can't find good people. And what a lot of people do is they wind up just, hey, do you know anybody who's looking for a job? I need a body. And so when you bring in a body, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get somebody who's not committed, someone who's going to break things, you know, somebody that's really not trainable. And so there's a whole process. And, and, and you're right, Suzanne, I, uh, this is some, a, a very deep subject. There's a whole process that you need to go through in order to find good people. Um, you know, there, there, there's a certain area where uh, you can find those people. And it's kind of an age factor in the sense that there's people that kind of floundered around for a while. They kind of reached that point to where, you know what, I've got a girl, I wanna marry her, I wanna have a child and buy a house. And it's not always in that order, but um, <laughs> they, uh, they wanna start providing. And so those are the ideal people to, to, but you have to present it the right way, you need to find them. So anyway, that's certainly a subject to get into, uh, but there are good people out there, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you were saying that, your people can really impact the bottom line. So it is important that you find the right ones. They do. And one, one of the things, excuse me for interrupting you. One of the things that I was very fortunate about is I was able to have employees stay with me for, for, for many years, a dozen years plus. And what that does is it provides that continuity and training, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but it tells a lot about a company as well because they're building relationships and they're not seeing this you know, revolving door and they're retaining because it costs money to hire somebody and train them. When you're able to keep people, you're able to uh, you know, have them be content with their work. And that really comes down to leadership. You know, uh, I'm going to hit on this real quick. A lot of people, uh, they manage by positional power, which is I'm the boss. You need to do what I say. You, know, you see that guy, they got their best friend, the guy gets promoted. All of a sudden they hate each other because the guy's like, I'm the boss now. You know, you need to be inspirational as a leader. And when you're able to build relationships with them, you know, uh, and you're able to really retain some good people and, and keep them. So that's a very important area. Again, areas that we could go on forever, but. Uh, we will. And we definitely <laughs> will. Well, thank you, Jim, for all of the wisdom and the knowledge. And uh, even though I'm kind of in a, I would just say a support role for the industry, I always learn something from you just about business in general, every time that we have these, these deep conversations about business principles. So thank you. Thank you for coming on to the show. And for those of you interested in learning more uh, and do a deeper dive, learning more about profitability and some of the tips that Jim has shared on these last two episodes, I recommend you check out his book. It's on Amazon. It's called The Profitability Playbook. And it is also available on our website, The Tuit Group, in our bookstore. 
So thank you again for joining us. And I look forward to having Jim on again at a future date. So stay tuned. If you liked what you heard today, sign up to receive our newsletter so that you'll be apprised of upcoming episodes and what's coming down the pike on the Do Do Diva Smells Like Money podcast. And until next time, keep it flowing. Thanks for joining me, the Do Do Diva, on this week's episode of Smells Like Money. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show because that would help us out a lot too. If you're an industry expert and would like to be considered as a guest for the show, email guest at smellslikemoneymedia.com. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the topics you'd like to talk about, and we'll be in touch. For more information about our family of marketing, international business development, and workforce training companies dedicated to the empowerment and education of our industry, call us at 760-217-8010 or email me at raven at creativeraven.com. Until next week, a big shout out to all my industry friends and those who will be, you're my superheroes.